Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, I'm Blair Bathory, and this is the Something Scary Podcast. Thank you so much for being here, whether this is your first time or you're one of the brave souls who join us every week. Many people embrace the power of positive thinking and manifesting what they want from the universe. But when you're in a bad place and have negative thoughts or aren't thinking about the consequences of your own actions, we can often be putting out bad vibes or manifesting terrible things. You must be careful to check your energy or you may end up summoning something so awful it will destroy you or those you love. First, unlucky number 13, followed by out with the old, in with the death. Then, an uninvited house guest. Finally, in our featured story, hide or die. If you love something scary, there are so many ways to show it. Once you've listened to the podcast, leave us a comment or share the episode with a friend. You can also join our Patreon or order a Something Scary notebook. Just go to somethingscary.com to learn more. So, want to hear something scary? How to summon deadly spirits. Sometimes, what should be the most joyous moments of our lives can be overshadowed by our tragic circumstances. Like in this story inspired by the Jersey Devil and written by Janine Pipe. Deborah Leeds groaned as she tried to tie her apron. She could no longer ignore the distinct swell in her belly. And since this would be child number 13, there was no sense in denying it any longer. She let the tears fall. It was not that she didn't love each of her 12 children dearly, but she and her good-for-nothing husband, Paul, could barely support themselves and the mouths they already had to feed. Until now, Deborah had believed each of her children to be a gift from God. But this one, this was not. Overcome with emotion, Deborah fell to her knees, cursing the new life inside of her. In utter despair, she called out, Let this child be the devil! 
Paul found her lying on the floor sobbing, and upon hearing the news, took straight to the tavern to drown his sorrows rather than stay home to support his wife. Over the next few months, despite the constant anxiety, the 13th life growing inside Deborah continued to thrive as she cared for her existing children and her increasingly useless husband. Their meals were already meager enough. The monies Paul brought home from the smithy, often lining the pockets of the tavern rather than feed their growing brood. As she boiled the bones of one of the last remaining hens, she felt the first of the familiar pains alerting her to the start of labor. It seemed fitting Leech child number 13 would be born on a dark and stormy night. She sent her eldest son into the village to fetch her friend Jane, who had been present at all of her previous births and got to settling the rest of the children to bed. She did not even bother to send for Paul. Just as she finished her chores, her water broke. And as Jane arrived with young Paul Jr., she was already lying on the bed with lukewarm water and old sheets. The birth was quick, having done it 12 times before. Deborah knew exactly what to do, and soon she was holding a small but healthy screaming baby boy. Deborah looked at her newborn, but the usual rush of motherly love was absent as she could only think of the extra mouth to feed when they already had next to nothing. There had been no screams during the fairly simple birth, but now she let out a roar of pure desperation. Once the guttural noise had been expelled from within her, she cried out the words from before, let this child be the devil. Jane knew of Deborah's ordeal and felt a great deal of sympathy for her friend whose good-for-nothing husband had not even bothered to come home. But upon hearing these words, she took the babe from his mother and held it close, worried that postpartum madness may make Deborah do something unholy. The two women, both now silent, listened as the wind whipped around the pitiful abode, the flames from the modest fire burning in the chimney flickering and threatening to snuff out at any moment. And then something truly awful began. The seemingly healthy and normal baby started to change right before them. Within moments, it had transformed from a newborn into a hideous creature unlike anything the women had seen before, not even in their nightmares. The infant began growing at an incredible rate, becoming the size of a well-fed 10-year-old in mere moments. It sprouted horns from the top of its head and talon-like claws tore through the tips of its fingers. Leathery, bat-like wings unfurled from its back with dark, coarse hair and feathers sprouting from its body. Red eyes glowed on the thing's snarling face. Now, it was Jane's turn to scream as she clutched at her heart in fear. She attempted to recite the Lord's Prayer, but before she had spoken the first verse, the creature flew at her, clawing out her eyes and ripping out her tongue with its talons. It then bit into her neck and tore out her throat, killing her instantly. It then turned to its mother, who lay still on the bed in shock, savagely attacking her too. Just then, Paul Jr. knocked on his mother's door, scarred by all the commotion. The creature paused for one moment, and as the boy meekly opened the door, he saw a servant of hell, covered in blood, fly up the chimney. Paul Leeds Sr. stumbled home in the wee hours to find his wife and her friend massacred. No sign of his newborn child and his eldest son, a gibbering wreck who could never recover from his ordeal. Out of utter desperation, 
Deborah Leeds had summoned a devil. And from that fateful day in 1735 New Jersey, a legend was born. Have you ever heard of the New Jersey devil? Have you ever known you should be happy about something, but it left you feeling cursed? Have you ever wished for something terrible that ultimately came true? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They say you don't know what you've got until it's gone, but in some cases, it may come back just to taunt you. Like in this story, inspired by S.E. Schlosser. Kane was thrilled to be with his new wife, Ishii, in a beautiful new country. They had just moved from Tokyo, Japan, and landed in sunny California, USA. His wife wasn't thrilled to move, but it did to please her husband, to be a good wife. She had a gentle demeanor, was attentive, and a wonderful cook. Kane was the envy of his American neighbors, but he wasn't such a great husband to Ishii. Not long after, another very wealthy family moved in next door. Their daughter, Aiko, sometimes came home from college to visit. Kane developed feelings for Aiko and soon became obsessed. In his mind, Ishii was second best, so Kane plotted to rid himself of his wife so he could finally be with Aiko. One stormy night on the way home from an event, Kane shoved Ishii out of the car, sending her tumbling down the canyon and into the water. With the howling winds and downpour of rain, no one could hear her screams, and no one suspected foul play when Kane was sobbing, shouting for help, because his poor wife had slipped and fallen over the cliff when she tried to get a photo of the storm. Kane acted the part of the bereaved husband, and he was good. He wept at her lavish funeral and said the kindest words. It wasn't until he was finally alone in his home that he kicked back and drank to his success, smiling as he thought of Aiko. Suddenly, from outside, the wind whipped against the house, making the walls rattle and shake. A cold breeze swept through the bedroom with a whisper. Vengeance. Vengeance. 
Kane sat up and blinked as a dark figure took over the room. Its long, tangled black hair hung over the dirty, blood-stained kimono. Its face was crushed and broken. With one eyeball hanging from the socket, the ghost of Ishii reached out a broken hand toward her husband, smiling through the shattered remains of her teeth. Vengeance, she whispered. Vengeance. Horrified, Kane ran over to the neighbor's house. Mistaking his fear for grief, they took him in and insisted he stay with them while he was still grieving. He couldn't have planned it better if he tried. He had an actual invite to stay in the same house as Aiko. A month passed as Kane waited for Ishii's ghost to reappear, but she didn't, and he began to think he had imagined it. He'd also become closer and closer with Aiko. He invited her family to go over to his house to see the immaculate gardens as a thank you for all their kindness. As he escorted Aiko's parents around the garden, he felt a hand on his arm. Kane turned around and found himself facing a beautiful Ishii. Her apparition kissed him and whispered in his ear, Vengeance. <laughs> Laughing, Ishii danced away, waving to Aiko as she passed. Aiko glared after her in rage, not fearful, but filled with jealousy. Worried Aiko might be scared off by the experience, Kane pressed forward and arranged a grand engagement party to prove his devotion to her. Friends, neighbors, and family went to the banquet hall to laugh and toast over food and wine. The night was a success, but when Kane looked across the room, he saw the ghost of a radiant young Ishii lurking in the corner. He paused mid-sentence and stared in horror as she laughed and began to change. Her body twisted and broke before his eyes, her face collapsing inward and bleeding, her black hair tangling, her eyeball popping out of its socket. She whispered. Kane cried out. Around him, Aiko and all their guests could only stare at him, wondering what was wrong. None of them could see the ghost. Not even Aiko this time. As Ishii drifted out of the room, Kane chased her, screaming. He vowed she would haunt him no more. Ishii made her way to the cliff with Kane running after her, shouting and cursing. Suddenly, the ghost stopped at the exact spot where Kane had shoved her to her death. She turned to face him and started to grow, her cursed body bloody and dirty, her eyeball swaying, her shattered teeth gleaming in the moonlight. Vengeance! She screamed and lunged at Kane. He stepped backward, face contorting in fear. His foot slipped suddenly on the loose earth and he plummeted over the edge of the cliff, his body fatally smashing into the rocks below, just as Ishii's had. That same night, a terrible storm had beat against Kane's house. Lightning hit the roof and the house burned to the ground. The rest of the street was untouched. Neighbors claimed they could hear a voice on the wind saying one word over and over. Have you ever had a bad breakup with a significant other? Do you still feel their presence from time to time? We hope everyone had a lovely Mother's Day this past weekend. We must always remember that even when we can't be with our mothers, they are always looking out for us, even if it's from beyond the grave. Like in this true story, like in this shared, true with, us story, by shared with us by Shanika Rhodes.
My boyfriend's mom passed away. My boyfriend's mom passed away from a brain aneurysm. She died suddenly and alone from a condition she had been suffering from for years in silence, having told no one. Having left the house to Luke, we decided to make the most of it and move in together. His mother was a hoarder. The second floor middle bedroom was so packed with stuff she collected that my three-year-old daughter called it the closet. She had no idea it was a bedroom. You could barely step inside. After a couple of weeks of work clearing things out from the room and saging the entire place to try and bring in fresh energy into the house, we were able to finally create a small path that would at least lead you from one end of the room to the other. On this one long day of cleaning away neglected spaces, overfilled closets, and pantries full of expired canned goods and spices, I was completely exhausted. I took a hot shower, tiredly walked into the bedroom and fell asleep when my head touched the pillow. I was startled out of my sleep by a loud boom that seemed to come from every direction all at once. Luke, a very light sleeper, was still snoring. It was now silent. I darted my eyes from left to right, scanning the room. Nothing looked out of place from what I could tell in the dark, but something wasn't right. The room appeared almost effervescent. I still didn't want to wake my boyfriend though, for something that most likely would be nothing. I turned to my left to reach for my glasses on the nightstand. I froze. The nightstand had vanished, replaced by a floating image of what I guessed to be a woman because of the white nightgown with little blue flowers she was wearing. I quickly turned to awaken my boyfriend because this was not a not nothing situation now. But when I reached around for him, he was gone too. What is happening? I thought. I began to panic as I slowly turned back to face the floating lady. I repeatedly chanted in my head, please be gone, please be gone. She wasn't gone. She, it, was still there, just floating. I could barely make out the face because there didn't appear to be one. Yet somehow, I knew it was my boyfriend's mom. That's what this is? I said out loud. This is a dream, a figment of my imagination. Maybe my guilt from moving and changing things in her home manifested in this bizarre and eerie dream. Then she started to speak. I could make out the words even though nothing on her face moved. Tell Luke I am sorry for everything I did, for everything that happened, and that I will always love him. She continued, please don't give up on him. He had to live his whole life questioning his mother's love for him. That is a big burden for anyone to bear. I was stuck listening, completely immobilized as if someone strong was physically holding me in place. She finished her words, then turned to leave. I could still see her after she disappeared through the door, although I was stuck in the bed. It was like a dream within a dream, and my mind was following where my body could not. Down the hall she went, into the middle bedroom, towards the wall to the right, down into a small two-drawer stand. She whisked down into the bottom drawer and disappeared into something that was bright red. I was jerked upright in my bed by a force so strong I had to catch my breath. I reached for Luke, who was already waking up from my sudden movement. Thankfully, he was there. He asked what was wrong. I was too nervous to speak and didn't want him thinking I was crazy from a little dream. I said it was just a nightmare and he should go back to sleep. I was just 
happy to be in the real world. I reached for my glasses to confirm that yes, yes, this was real now. I was awake and everything was where it should be. But just as suddenly as I was awakened, I felt compelled to go into the middle room. I grabbed my robe, fixed my glasses and tiptoed out. I opened the bedroom door and clicked on the light. I walked towards the right wall, but there was no table, but I couldn't leave. Something was there. I started moving shoe boxes, magazines, and a large blanket that appeared to be draped over something. I gasped. There it was, a small wooden two-drawer table that could fit under a desk. The top drawer was missing. I crouched down and pulled out the bottom drawer. I feverishly rummaged through it and got to the bottom. I started to sweat. My hands shook. My chest got tight as I stared at the bright red patent leather wallet at the bottom of the wooden drawer. Inside it, inside it was an old, was an work, old ID work ID belonging to, belonging Luke's, to Luke's mother and two $100 bills. I, I couldn't speak. She wanted me to find this. She wanted to prove in some way to me that what I felt, what I saw and heard was all real. I wiped the sweat from my forehead and crept back into the bedroom. I opened the door and woke up my Luke saying, we need to talk. There's something your There's mom something wants, you your know. wants you to know. Have you ever been contacted, Have you ever been contacted by, a by a deceased family member or friend? Were you able to prove it? If so, tell us your stories by sending us an email at somethingscary@snarled.com. In our final story, join my co-host Stephanie as she tells the tale of a deadly game, Hitori Kakrembu, and watch the animated version now over on our YouTube channel. You should always use caution while exploring new places with unfamiliar traditions and games. You may not be aware of how deadly they can be. This cautionary tale is in honor of Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month. It was my first summer studying abroad in Kyoto, Japan. I always found myself captivated by the rich culture. Its fascinating elements had always allured me and finally being immersed in it made me realize its true beauty and uniqueness. During my trip, I had the pleasure of staying with the Nakamura family. The friendly parents were fluent in English and even had a son named Yodo, who was my age and agreed to show me around. The food was amazing and the Shinto shrines we visited were so beautiful. But thanks to Yoto, I was able to become part of his friend circle. And on most weekends, we would go to the fashion district and hang out. One of my favorite things from those days was our weekly mini slumber parties. Made me feel like I took part of my home with me as we had an American style slumber party with pizza and movies and a couple of friends who would come over every Friday night. And the boys would stay in Yoto's room while the girls stayed in mine. Now on this particular Friday night, I decided to spice things up by sharing stories about Ouija boards. My friends chuckled at the revelation, and one of them brought up Hitori Kakarembo, but Yoto silenced him, not eager to hear the tale. Nevertheless, the friend reshared the story against Yoto's will. He described a game of hide-and-seek where at the stroke of 3 a.m., the objective was to outsmart a stuffed animal possessed by a ghost. Now, I laughed at how absurd this was, but Yoto wanted nothing to do with it. Despite his concerns, the others were eager to play. 
So we watched from the sidelines while they played on. Now, I didn't mind, especially since Yoto was one of my hosts and wanted to keep me safe. As the night dragged on, one of the girls reached into her backpack and took out this dusty old stuffed bear. I offered some rice from the kitchen and Yoto reluctantly handed them scissors. We watched in eerie silence until the clock struck 3 a.m. Within minutes, the two boys had cut open the bear's stomach, removed the stuffing and refilled it with the rice. Pointing with the scissors, they asked again who wanted to play. Yota pleaded with them not to continue the game, but no one listened. I again declined out of respect for Yoto. One by one, our four friends pricked their fingers, drawing a few drops of blood and then adding it to the rice inside the cavity. Once everyone had participated, the boys sewed up the teddy bear with the red yarn, wrapping it with the remainder. Next, they needed the tub. Yoto sat frozen, so I stood up and showed them to the bathroom. We piled in and they filled up the tub, poured in salt, then put the bear in the water. They ran to hide in my closet as I sat next to Yoto on the bed. He was sweating at this point, looking quite unwell. The four came out of the closet, returned to the tub, pulled out the bear and yelled, got you in Japanese. Then they stabbed it with the scissors, leaving the bear on the ground. They went to hide again, this time in the living room behind us. The lights were off, making it fairly dark. Everyone was silent and that's when we heard it. The scissors were being slowly dragged across the floor. Suddenly the four players flew into a panic, grabbing a glass and gulping the liquid. Yoto explained that they had to hold salt water in their mouths for protection. But as three of them stood there with their mouths filled, there was none left for the fourth player, Ayoto. As he began to yell at the others who had used up all the salt water, the sound of the scissors grew closer. Ayoto ran towards the kitchen to refill the glass, but as he disappeared, we heard him scream. Then came what sounded like flesh being torn. Yoto leaped up and ran to turn on the lights. Ayoto was laying on the floor, deep gashes all over his torso. The scissors protruded from his abdomen as he bled out and the teddy lay next to him. The other players with their mouths still full crawled over to the bear and spat the water onto it. Then they wept in disbelief. What we had witnessed didn't make sense. Within a week, I was being sent back to the States. As the car pulled up to take me away, I had said goodbye to the Nakamura parents and hugged Yoto. I asked him if he was okay and the last thing he said to me was, just because we didn't play doesn't mean the game is over. Then he walked away holding those same scissors in his hands. Hitori Kakarembo never ends. This week's podcast stories were edited by Sarah Lukasiewicz, Janine Pipe, and Stephanie Strange. Narration by Blair Bathory and Stephanie Strange. Audio edited and mixed by Calvin Linderman. Additional audio editing by Fitz Harris. Art and graphics by Irma Richardson. Produced by Anna Villalobos. Executive produced by Gail Gilman. Music by Sapphire Sindalo and Calvin Linderman. If you have a story you'd like to submit, send me an email at somethingscary@snarl.com. Don't forget to watch the video version of Something Scary over at youtube.com snarled. And if you'd like to support the show and everything we do at Snarled, join our Patreon at patreon.com snarled. 
Until next time, my spooky friends. Sweet screams. <laughs>